Well, that was a feel-good story, right? It actually is. We'll get to it. <laughs> so we, we've heard this parable many times, the, the, three, the three stewards of the master's talents, and what did they do with them? And certainly, um, we, we see through this parable that we are called to, to be wise stewards of what Jesus gives us in our life, to be wise stewards of the charisms, charisms of our baptism that we received at baptism, the gifts that God gives us. We can't put them in the ground. We can't hide them. We, we, we need to use them. We need to, to broker in those gifts with the world. Very, very important. But what do we make of this master who in the parable must represent Jesus, must represent God? And in and, and the words, to everyone who has, more will be given and they'll grow richer. And, and to the one who has not, it will be taken away. How do we reconcile that? And how do we reconcile this, this angry master, so to speak? Almost sounds a little bit like what we hear sometimes in the Old Testament, right? With a, with, with a, a, a God who becomes angry and wreaks vengeance on those who make him unhappy. Uh, this theme pops up many times in the Old Testament. But there's a lot more to God in the Old Testament, isn't there? We know God is a God of mercy through Christ Jesus. Mercy and love. And that's not a new development. He's always been that God. God. God of the Old Testament was a God of mercy and love as well. And I believe it has a lot to do with this parable. In studying for this homily and doing my research, I stumbled across a take that was sort of new to me where this parable is concerned. And I'd sort of like to share it with you this morning. And it comes from uh, Bishop Barron at Word on Fire Ministries. Um, if, I'm sure many of us are familiar w w with him, and if we're not, you should, you should check him out. But, he, but this is an interesting take on it. He takes this parable back to the Old Testament for, for another meaning that we might not hear quite as often. And that one is this. In the, the temple in Jerusalem, there was the holiest of holies. The holiest of holies was behind a veil. Nobody could enter that area where the presence of God was. Nobody could enter that area except the high priest of Israel, and, and he only once a year. So when you go in there, you have the Ark of the Covenant. And above the Ark of the Covenant, you have the Kabad Yahweh. The Kabad Yahweh was the presence of God which rested above the Ark. And in the place that it was to rest, this was called the Mercy Seat. So the Kabad Yahweh was the weighty presence of God. Kabad translated in, in Hebrew meant, meant weight, substance, weightiness, the weightiness of God. Now, if you tra translated the same word in Latin, you, you get gloria. So you have the glory of God. You have the luminous qualities of God and the weightiness of God here in this holiest of holies separated from humanity by a veil and this most sacred place where the weight of God resides on none other but the mercy seat above the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. What does it have to do with this parable? Well, when we look at talents, talents were a, a large measure of wealth in, in Jesus' time. He could have been talking here, brothers and sisters, about 50 pounds perhaps of silver or gold or another precious metal for each talent, somewhere around 50 pounds. So we're dealing with weight. We're dealing with, with tremendous substance here that this master was passing on to his servants. And he expected them to do something with it. But it wasn't just any substance. It was mercy. 
from the mercy seat, the, the weight of God. He was distributing this weightiness, this mercy, this love that is God. He was distributing it to these three stewards. And what did he want? He wanted the stewards to go out into the world and, and deal and be brokers of mercy. And he gave each one according to his ability. We're all on different paths in life. We, we've all, we all have different levels of progress, things that we're working on, things we're trying to get better at. To the one that he knew could handle 10 talents of mercy, he gave it to him and expected him to go out and, and make that much difference in the world with that mercy. And so on down the line to the one with one. And we see that the first two did this, but it was essential they did this. They had to do this because love and mercy, brothers and sisters, ceases to exist if we don't pass it along. So it's a gift from God to us. God is giving us his mercy. He, he's making it available to us. He's giving us a chance to fill ourselves with it. But mercy ceases to exist if it's not in action. This is the one gift that you have to give away to keep. And this is what Jesus expected of these stewards. Jesus expected these stewards to take their gifts according to their abilities and go out into the world and make a difference with the love and the mercy that he had provided them. So what does it mean to all of us today? Well, hate to keep bringing it up, but we need only look outside these walls and we can see how badly this world is in need of mercy, amen? It's just, it's unbelievable. We have racial tension in the streets. We have families at each other's throats. We have political parties at each other's throats and not treating each other with mercy and love or the dignity of God. We are called to something better, brothers and sisters. We have to be something better because we get to come in this room. Unlike the Israelites who weren't even able to enter the holiest of holies, we get to, we get to enter into the presence of God here at St. Margaret Mary every time we come in this room. We get to stand in the presence of God in this room in front of the tabernacle. And when it comes to mercy seats, we have the altar here where the weightiness of Christ, the weightiness of God will be present yet again here in just a few moments when Father elevates the chalice and the, and the, the body of Christ. It will rest right here in front of us and, and, and ask us and encourage us, welcome us to fill ourselves with that love and that weighty divine mercy. So now it's up to us. Do we take that mercy and dig a hole and put it in the ground? and watch it disappear, watch it cease to exist? Or do we take that mercy into a world that is starving for it? It starts by how we treat each other and our families. And then, it, then it, it, it goes out to how we treat each other in this room. We love each other, we show each other love and mercy. Then we carry it out into the world that so desperately needs it. And as we approach the Advent season, what a wonderful time to focus on the mercy that we have been given, regardless of the trials and tribulations. And I think we've all had a few here these past several months. Regardless of those, we have so much to be grateful for and so much to take hope in right here in this room, right here in our brothers and sisters, here in the Eucharist and the sacraments. So let's avail ourselves of them and pass them on to humanity so that instead of hiding in a hole and disappearing, they might thrive. Amen.